Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, some good news is that some expenses when you retire might actually go down. But the bad news, guys, is that some of them are going to go up and maybe quite a bit. So on today's show, we're going to break it down and give you the information you need. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. Cruising Through Retirement is the program. Kevin Brooker is here. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative. Silverleaf Financial is where he kind of hangs out. He's got 30 years helping folks do, well, get to and through retirement. He's an author. He wrote the book, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. You can get your copy absolutely free at silverleaffinancial.com. Silverleaffinancial.com. Kevin, as I mentioned, he uh, is a fiduciary. He is an independent. Um, You you just kind of do it all. Hi, Kevin. How are you? <laughs> hey, hey, Steve. I thank you very much. I am. I am doing. I'm doing great. And yes, I certainly try to do it all. Uh, if it's in the stock market or bond market, uh, mutual funds, any of the above, uh, as well as the guaranteed safe safe vehicles, sure. I, I try to. We, we do. We do all of it. So our our big thing is trying to help you figure out what's the best for your personal situation and how it can work. You know, in uh, in your toolbox, if you will, for financial financial planning and retirement planning. Sure. And um, so, I mean, before we dig into this too far, can I ask you about the the debt ceiling? I mean, I got people asking me, and I, I mean, is it as big a deal as as the news media wants it to be, or is it something that that's happened every few years? It seems. It. The answer is it's not as big a deal as they as they're trying to make it be. They're trying to make it a, a another political issue, of course. Um, the fact of the matter is, throughout history. I think they brought they established the debt ceiling maybe 80 years ago. Okay. Uh, rough, I, I don't know exactly, but it's been around for a long, long time. And I believe they've raised the debt the debt ceiling at least 75 times. <laughs> oh, goodness um, gracious, yeah. All right, including three times under the last president. Right. With, with no questions, no pushback from the GOP. So that's what tells you, and that's what tells me anyway, that it's all political when they're playing these games because when they had their guy in there, they, 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 you know, they didn't care. Sure. We'll raise it again. So the fact of the matter is we shouldn't just be looking at the debt ceiling. 
you need to look at it. We need to look at it, in my opinion, as a relationship to as a percentage of GDP. How does it relate to GDP? So in other words, yes, if we had $35 trillion in debt, you know, 50 years ago, when the economy was a fraction of the size, then that would have probably had a far, far different ending. That would have been that could have been very, very bad. But you got to look at it in relation to how much productivity is going on in the country. So in other words, if you're an individual with a credit card, right, and you're making 20 grand a year, then you probably is not a good idea if you had a hundred or hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt, right? Probably but not. It, but if you're making a half a million a year, you could have a hundred thousand in debt, no problem. All right. So so it it's all has to be looked at in relation to how much productivity there is, uh, and 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 there is in this country. And and I will admit, and I will tell you and point out um, that it is at at the higher end of the range. I don't know it's I don't know that it's the highest it's ever been, but it is at the higher end of the range. But we have been in this range before. When you look at debt as a as it relates to you know the ratio of debt to the GDP, the total economic output of the United States, okay. and so so I don't believe it's as big of a deal. I think I, I I don't know if you remember, but the last week or two recently in one of the shows, I actually said I don't think there should be a debt limit. I think it should be eliminated. Look at how much time was wasted on all this rhetoric, all this talk, and and. Look at how much time was wasted in Congress when they could have actually been dealing with real problems, because we all know they're going to keep raising the limit, just like they've been doing for, for decades. They've been doing that. All right. And I'm happy to say that earlier this week, Mr. Warren Buffett came out and said the exact same thing. No kid. What? Yes. It's a, he says it's the stupidest thing ever. Why in the world don't they just get rid of this debt ceiling, debt limit thing? It's ridiculous. Because it's a it's a waste of time. It's a it, I, I just think it's a huge waste of time. I would much rather have them dealing with, you know what? Maybe we should actually try to fix Social Security. All right? Because, guys, I'm telling you what's going to happen if people don't start speaking up and talking to your congressman about saving Social Security, we're all going to be looking at about a 20%, maybe 25% cut to your benefit. Because if Congress does nothing, benefits will be cut between 20 and 25% based on current projections 10 years from now. So find your Republican that'll support it. All right. And then find the Democrats that are going to support it and, and take a look, take a hard look. And we got even bigger problems, guys, with Medicare. Medicare is facing insolvency even sooner. But rather than dealing with the real problems, real substantial problems that tens of millions of people rely on, they want to talk about culture wars and all this other nonsense, because I think it gives them the ability to avoid dealing with the real issues because they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to face it. They don't want to take the political chance that they'll be on the wrong side of that issue. But there's something like 65 million people collecting social security checks and roughly the same number I believe is on Medicare. Um, don't confuse Medicare with Medicaid. All right. Medicaid is the program for, you know, the lower end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Medi Medicare is the insurance program that um, everybody signs up for when they turn 65. All right. So, Make sure you understand the differences between them. Um, and all of us pay taxes. Every, every check, every paycheck you get, you should be paying payroll tax, which some of the money is going to Social Security, right? Maybe it says FICA, but that's Social Security, right? Yeah. Or And you're paying Medicare tax. So we're all paying into the programs. We could debate about whether we're take, we, we, get, you know, we get far more out of it than we actually paid in, which is the fact, all right? Most people after, I want to say, six or seven years, you pretty much got out every dime you put in there. So uh, now if you assume growth, 
okay, maybe there's another six, seven years. But folks that are getting these checks for 20, 25, 30 years, they're pulling out way, way, way more um, than they put in, in addition to the growth they would have achieved, even if they left it had invested it 40 years ago. Sure. Unless, of course, maybe they bought NVIDIA. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's up 10,000% in the decade. Um, so, anyway, I get a little, little bit sidetracked, but I that's would really okay. like I'm sorry. It. I didn't mean to do that, but. <clears throat> No, no, no. That's that's okay. I think I think we have real problems with these programs, Steve. Yeah. And and unless they take action, I and I think and I think that's going to be the cop out. That's going to be how they get out of it. They're going to say we, you know, we couldn't we couldn't get a, get to agreement, so we're just going to have to cut the benefits. That's really what I think is the easiest solution that they're aiming for. And and so my point, guys, as you go on the website and you look at your social security statement, which is really important to do if you haven't done it. Go to the website. Um, it's I believe it's ssa.gov. Yep. Um, okay, go on there. Make sure you're at the right place. All right, and and then set up an account for yourself so that you can get in and you can see your earnings record. Because something happened to me a few years ago that really shocked me is that when I went on to check my earnings record, there was an entire calendar year where they had both me and my wife at zero, <laughs> and that def and that definitely was not the case. <laughs> okay, it's, we were both working all year long. I have no idea how that happened. Now I am self-employed. I use uh, Intuit or QuickBooks, whatever you want to call yeah. them, uh, for payroll. And I have it set up so that they make all the payments for unemployment, Social Security, Medicare, all that stuff. We pay twice as much as most people do, of course, right. because we're paying both the employee and the employer side. So we pay twice as much into that program as, as most people that have a traditional employer job. Um, but anybody that's self-employed, that's, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. All right. So take a look at it. Make sure your earnings record is accurate because when they calculate your social security in terms of how much you're going to get when you claim, it's based on your 35 highest earning years. Okay. That's how they come up with it. So if one of those years is missing where you had a really good year, that's probably going to cost you money. They're probably going to give you a smaller check than you deserve. So make sure you take a look at it. And then you're going to notice that every year you wait to claim, you get roughly an 8% increase. And the difference between claiming at 62 and claiming at 70, in my case, is double. I, if, if I claim at 62, I'll literally get half of what I would get if I waited until 70. And, and so to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, I, I plan to wait until 70. And so the issue I'm having is, well, I got to build that income bridge, right? Yeah. How do I, because I don't want to wait till 70 to retire. So if I want to retire at 65 and I'm not claiming Social Security, I need to have another way to generate income for those five years. That's what I can help you guys figure out, how you can retire earlier without having to claim Social Security so you can maximize your benefit later on and have that much better of a retirement. Sure. Wow. Again, I, you, you describe it so nicely, Kevin. Uh, folks, if that sounds good to you, give us a call, 800-975-6717, or visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Sit down with Kevin and really start mapping this thing out. Uh, you know, you'll, I mean, it can start with just a phone call, right? It can, it can definitely guys. And by all means, I am happy to, to have a quick phone call. You know, maybe we talk on the phone 10 or 12 minutes and that'll be enough time for you to probably know. I'm in fact, I, I promise you'll know, do you want to sit down face to face and have a longer meeting with me? That's all it takes is a 10 minute phone call. And you know, we can talk to each other a few minutes. I'm happy to answer any questions that you have. We can talk about the concerns and I can let you know if, if I can help, if I can help with what you're trying to accomplish. And I'm going to tell you right away, I cannot always do that. Because sometimes I've met and I've sat down with folks that they want to retire right now. But when I look at their account statements and, I, and we talk about their income, their expenses, uh, things like that, uh, and you know the balance sheet, assets and liabilities, um, 
I can't in good conscience agree that they're ready to retire. And so uh, oftentimes I have to tell people, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I really think you would benefit from working another year or two. All right. And guys, the, the difference in working for just one or, one or two more years can be really dramatic. All right. Because that's one or two more years that you're not claiming your social security or that you're not uh, withdrawing from your retirement accounts to pay, to pay the bills. Cause obviously you don't have a paycheck when you retire anymore. Right. Right. So that, and that one or two years, your social security gets bigger, your, your retirement accounts, hopefully they will grow and, and, but at least you're not withdrawing from them. So they won't go down. So that one or two years can make a big, big difference. And in fact, the guy that I met, uh, beginning of last year, it was uh, January, February of 22. I had that conversation and, and, uh, we're reconnecting now and, and he's in a far better position. And now, you know, he, he looks like it should be fine to retire, you know, in the next six months or so. Oh, wow. So, all right. So it does make a difference. It does, it does make a difference. Make sure you sit down with somebody that, that has been through this. They've gone through the ups and downs and they can talk to you intelligently about both investing in stocks and bonds or mutual funds or exchange traded funds. But they can also have an intelligent conversation about guaranteed products like annuities and things like that. Annuities can serve you very well in the right situation. So you just owe it to yourself to see if it fits for you, if it makes sense for a piece of your portfolio, or maybe it doesn't. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for everybody, but for a lot of folks, it really does. Sure. And folks, again, 800-975-6717. I don't mean to push that, but again, if you want to get in, that's the way to do it. Um, so let's, uh, let's dig into this a little bit. You talked about expenses that are going to go up in retirement and some expenses that might go down in retirement. How yes. do we deal with all that? How do we, how do we manage that? Uh, well, well, you know what it does, it does take a little bit of effort, but, but once we put together a plan, we can, we can make it, a, we can make it pretty simple for you, pretty straightforward. All right. One of the things that you're going to, um, that you're going to notice, I'm sure everybody's heard of is their required minimum distribution. Oh yeah. Uh, RMD, we call it right from, that means you have to start pulling money out of your retirement accounts for a long time. Most of my career, that age was 70 in one half. I never understood why the heck they put the half year in there. No. Um, some idiot congressman, no doubt. So, so sorry. Uh, sometimes my true feelings come out. Um, so it's been raised, though. It's no longer 70 and a half. It's up to 73 in terms of, the, of when you have to start. Now, you, don't, you do not have to take a dime out before you turn 73. Um, but at that age, you are going to have to start taking money out. And in the very first year, uh, as far as I've seen, they kept the amount that you withdraw the same as when it, before it was 70 and a half at 3.65%. So that's roughly 3,700 bucks out of every 100,000 you have in a retirement account. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you pull it out, what you want to remember is that that money is that money you take out of a retirement account is treated just like income. And that means you're going to pay income tax, not capital gains tax. Okay. And so when you do that, if you have a large account, like some people I've met, I've met quite a few people that pretty much every retirement dollar they have is pre-tax. And, and so it's very important to look at that account. When you look at that portfolio, unfortunately, I have to ask you to remind yourself, you got to knock off maybe a quarter of that in terms of what it's going to cost you in taxes. Sure. Because the, the other, the bad news that I'm going to share, there's no way to get away from RMDs. No way. I shouldn't say no way. Let me correct that. It doesn't get you away from the RMD. You still have to take the money out. But as of right now, there is a provision where you can send money from your IRA directly to a charity, as long as it's a qualified charity. 
um, and it satisfies your your uh, your distribution requirement, um, and 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 it doesn't incur taxes because you're sending it to a charity. Now, of course, it means you don't get the money yourself, right? So that is, as far as I know, that is the only way around having to take money out of uh, having to take the RMD and paying taxes on it. So that's one thing. And then every year that goes by, the percentage you have to take out does go higher. So if both you and your wife or you and your husband are the same age, be prepared for that. Because if you've got to pull twenty, thirty thousand dollars you know, out of your retirement accounts, that's going to add to your taxable income. And then you want to keep an eye. One of the reasons where one of the places where an advisor can help you is we can help you keep an eye on those taxes and the implications that it might have on other things you're doing. For instance, Medicare. All right. A mm-hmm. lot of people, um, uh, uh, a lot of people don't realize, you know, that that um, Medicare has a cost associated with it. Okay. Medicare Part A is free for most people. It of course has a, it does have a work requirement. It's it's not the 35 years uh, of social that they have for Social Security, um, but there is a requirement. So not everybody is eligible. If you've never worked or never have paid payroll taxes, then you would have to pay out of pocket for Medicare. All right. For Medicare Part A. Now, Medicare Part A is the hospital part. Uh, once you qualify, you don't have to pay for that piece. Medicare Part B has a premium attached to it. So I want to say is maybe 170 bucks right now, plus or minus. Yeah, five or it's like 168, like whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's right around 170. So now if you're married, of course, both of you are going to have that for Part B. All right. So that's about 340 a month. And it got, Medicare covers about 80%, guys. So I will always recommend you get a Medicare supplement or look into a Medicare Advantage plan. And, and, and so it is important to understand those differences. Now, a lot of people, a lot more people are signing up for the Medicare Advantage plan because a lot of them offer vision and dental. Some even offer like gym memberships and chiropractic care. Oh, yeah. All right. But there is a trade-off. Make sure you understand the trade-off. And that usually means there's this very specific network of, of physicians that you have to go to to have it covered. All right. And generally, as far as I understand it, that network is usually local. In other words, if you live in California and you travel to Texas, I don't know if that Medicare Advantage plan is going to work for you in Texas. Okay. So make sure you take a look at it, see what's covered, who is in the network, make sure the doctors that you want are part of that network if you're considering the Advantage plan. Now, with a Medicare supplement plan, that's good anywhere that they accept Medicare. All right. So you don't have to worry about the network. If the doctor takes Medicare, your supplement plan is good. All right. And the supplement plan, I'm not going to get too deep in, into those, Steve, but right. um, that, that's where you have the alpha, alphabet soup. You got these different plans with different letters attached to them uh, and they offer different coverages. Uh, I like the one that that's all the bells and whistles because then your out of pocket is next to nothing, um, but it does have a cost associated with it. Uh, I want to say those are probably uh, between another hundred and one hundred fifty dollars a month, maybe per person. So, so all in, you're probably looking at between six and have six to seven hundred dollars a month for a couple uh, for this coverage. The good news is that you have very low out of pocket costs, very little if you've got a good supplement plan. So, so in other words, you shouldn't get hit with a big medical expense. You know, one of the things, one of the things I talk to a lot of folks about, they say, "Well, I don't know if something medical happens. Maybe I need to keep half a million dollars in my bank." And and I'll tell them, and and I'm not joking. A lot of people that I deal with have way more money in their bank accounts than, than I personally think they need. Um, and I tell people that as long as you've got Medicare and you've got the Medicare supplement, you shouldn't be on the hook for very high medical expenses. All right. Now the place that, it, it, so I don't consider that to be a big risk. I, I truly don't. However, there is a big risk for long-term care. All right. 
And that's why I started, started off talking. I did, you know, I, I co-wrote co a book on long-term care and there are ways that there are strategies I can show you that if you want to deal with long-term care, I can show you how we can reposition assets so that if you have to pay for it, you can do it with tax-free money, okay, instead of after-tax money. So that right there should save you 25, 30% right off the top, all right? And the good news is that if you don't need it, it's still your money. You're not paying a premium to anybody. It's, it's just money that's invested in a different way. But if you want it for yourself, it, it's there for you. Or if you want to leave it to a spouse at a later date, you can do that too. So it's not a use it or lose it. I really recommend go to the website, silverleaffinancial.com and request the book. Just a little bit of contact info is all I need. And I'm happy to send it to you for free. Perfect. Again, silverleaffinancial.com. And um, so we've been talking about the things that are, you know, prices or, or expenses that are going to go up or go down. And one of the things, you know, with the market doing what it did last year, and, you know, it kind of went. So it gets it gets harder to wait out a bad market the older you get. And, and the old oh, yeah. adage that an advisor will say, well, it's just a paper loss. Well, if you're 70 years old, that's more than a paper loss, folks. <laughs> it, it's, it's more than a paper loss. And I'll tell you what, you know, the, a lot of advisors, especially stockbrokers, you know, which I did, I used to be a stockbroker. Right. Um, and they're, they're not, they're not necessarily bad people. Okay. They're, they're good people. They're good and bad with everybody. Right. Good of and bad course. with every occupation. Yes. All right. But the brokers are going to tell you, you know what? The market always comes back to hit new highs. And they're going to say, look at the, look at history. The market has always go on, gone on to hit new highs. And that is true. It so far has always done that. But what you need to, and, and, and a lot of people will say, well, the market averages nine or 10% a year. So you know, I'm not going to worry about it. If it's down this year, I'm sure it'll come back next year. It'll probably, you know, if it's down now, it'll probably be up 20 to 30% next year. Well, it might be, but guys, it might not. You need to look at the timing and how long some of these cycles have last, lasted and go back. And if you want to have fun and maybe scare yourself a little bit, right? That mm -hmm. sounds like a great time. Yeah, sure. Go back and look, <laughs> go back, go back and look at the price you'd have paid if you bought NASDAQ at its high in March of 2000. And then look at how long it would take you to get back just to break even, all right? Because that's when the market peaked, got hammered over the next several years. I want to say it was six or seven years before you got back to break even. And then guess what? Bam, gets hit again. Then it took another five or six years, okay? I want to say to get back to break even, I think it was around 12 years. Um, now, 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 don't quote me exactly, but take a look at it, guys. You can see it if you, run, if you do that. And so on Steve's point, Hey, if this happens at 70, you know what, guys, it could take, it could take a decade to come back. All right. So you want to think very hard about whether it makes sense to have exposure to the stock market when you're retired, if you don't have other assets that are generating income for you to pay your bills. All right. Because I do have a lot of clients that are in the stock market, but they're all, they've also got annuities. They've got money in safe money products that are guaranteed that they cannot lose money. All right. So it's a mix, just like just like you take a mix, for instance, of what I was doing for the last few years until interest rates went up, I was using index annuities as an alternative to a bond allocation, okay? Because why in the world did you buy bonds when they were at 1%? That made yeah. no sense to me, all right? So, and, and, and there's research that I'm happy to show you guys. There's research that did exactly this. It ran all sorts of these simulations, ran all sorts of back tests. And it said, if a person put, did, did their, let, let's say it's, I don't know, half a million dollars, and they put you know, 60-40 into stocks and bonds versus 60-40 into stocks and index annuities, the ones with the index annuities actually had better returns, all right? And by the way, with less risk, all right? Because we all know now 
bonds can lose money too, right? Anybody that had bonds last year lost money. Worst year in history for bonds. They lost money. But you cannot lose money in an index annuity unless you violate the terms of the contract by, by you know, withdrawing too much money. Sure. So that is the trade-off, okay? With an annuity, generally, you can take out roughly 10% a year, some only 5% a year, all right? But what happens with, with clients when they get retired is as you're going through and you're trying, you want to go through, and we always recommend, I always like to recommend, you know what, simulate re your retirement before you actually, you know, punch out, the, you know, punch that clock for the last time. Yeah, <clears throat> I really you do know, like that idea. I, I, I tell you what, I think it's a great idea because you know what, just give yourself a hypothetical amount, a budget, right? Whatever yeah. the budget is, make sure you can, that you can do everything you want to do, right? Because you're not going to want to sit, you're not going to want to sit in your house all day long, right? No. You don't. You're gonna want to get get out there and do do things. Travel. Sure. I mean, hey, it's June. <laughs> yeah, exactly. June right? is busting out all over. Let's go out and enjoy it. <laughs> That's it. Let's go have a good time. And I want to make sure that all of my clients have plenty of money to do whatever they want, whenever they want. All right. And so it takes planning. So what you should be doing, if you're within ten years of retirement, you really should be talking to advisors, sitting down with them, starting to put together a plan, see where you're at, see how much more you have to save. Look at some projections in terms of what type of retirement your portfolio is going to provide you right now. Because guys, there's a lot of things you can do if you're five, five to 10 years away from retirement. There are things we can do that you can't necessarily do if it's only one year away. And so I think it's important that you have that conversation. Yeah. Sit, sit down, talk to them and, and just see, you know what? And if they're like me, there's not, it's not going to cost you a dime, not a penny. And there's no obligation. We sit down, we talk. The only thing that I ask you is that if I show you a strategy, I give you ideas that you like and you choose to pursue, my only request is that you pursue them with me. All right. I call it a gentleman's request. Obviously, there's no, you know, there, there, I, I can't handcuff you to do that. Right. right. But I so, mean, it only makes sense. I, to me, it only makes sense. And to me, it's something that a person with integrity would not have a problem with. Right. Okay. Because I think it's kind of a dirtbag move. If you take an idea from one person, and you go to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, most, I think most people would agree with that. I would think um, so. Yeah. You know, so that's the only request, but it won't cost you anything. Just a little bit of your time to make sure you're on track. So by all means, let's sit down, talk, talk for a little bit, see where you're at, see what other ideas I might come up with. Maybe you haven't thought about Right. Well, and again, so if we're, you know, if we're looking at, at maybe, say, five years uh, out from retirement and we're putting together the plan and and as we get close, one of the things that that we talked about just briefly before the show was sequence of returns and, and how that can become yes. a really big deal right now. Yes, it, it, it definitely can. I'm glad you I'm glad you reminded me of that, Steve, because sequence of returns, some uh, some people call it sequence of return risk. Others just say sequence risk. And, and, it, and it's really important. Maybe, I'm sure it sounds like some dumb phrase to a lot of people, all right? But you really should understand it because what it means is, uh, um, let me give you, an, I'll give you an example. Let's say, let's say you've got a person that retired in 1990, right? And they had all their money in the stock market and they said, hey, I'm just going to live off the stock market. I'll withdraw that 4%. I'll stick to the 4% rule. So I've got half a million. I can take out 20 grand a year and yeah, I'll be fine with that. All right, let's just go with that number, go with that scenario. So if that person that retired in 1990 did that, they probably had a fantastic decade. They're living, living well. Their portfolio grew, even though they're taking out withdrawals because the 90s were a fantastic decade. Of course. But now, let's take, let, now let's, take, let's take somebody else, say the guy across the street, the woman across the street, she retires in, the, in December of 1999, okay? And she said, well, the guy across the street did great, so I'm going to do the same thing. 
And then three months later, the market hits its peak. And then it just goes down, 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 down for the next 40, 50%, depending on where you're invested. NASDAQ lost even more than that. Uh, I think some, some NASDAQ stocks were down 75, 80%. Um, all right. So if you did that and you had a half a million dollar portfolio and now it just lost half its value. So you're three years older, three years you've been out of the workforce now, and you've only got half the money you thought you had. All right. That is sequence risk. Meaning if you if your first few years of retirement, you're, you lose money, right? You lose money because whatever it is, whatever investment, I'm, we're, we're referring to the stock market, but maybe you had the money someplace else. I don't know, you have it in an art collection and the art collection loses value. All right, whatever it is, if you lose money, if your portfolio, your retirement portfolio loses money in those first several years of retirement, it is gonna be very, very difficult, very difficult, if not impossible, for you to meet your retirement goals because you're gonna be starting from a much lower point than you thought you were, than you thought you would be, all right? Versus on the contrary, the flip side, the guy that retired in 1990 and left it all in there, he, he got lucky. That's what it was, he got lucky. The markets did fantastic and his strategy worked, all right? So it's important to understand that you don't, you know, I know nobody, everybody knows they don't wanna lose money, right? But right. you need to understand, you need to understand how it could completely derail your retirement if you take big losses in your in your portfolio in those first few years, uh, in the first several years. And so that's something we wanna sit down and go over because we wanna put together a strategy where the money that you do have in the stock market, let's, let's reduce the volatility. I can show you how you can reduce that vol, we call it vol, right? Reduce the vol, all right? So you don't have these swings up and down, crazy swings up and down, and you see your account balance all over the place every month. And let me give you an example on that. Okay. Volatility are the ups and the downs, right? So if I say if I say you can get a ten percent return, but this year you make zero, and the next year you make twenty, then zero, then twenty, then zero, then twenty, that's your ten percent return, right? Yeah, sure. And I'm going to call that high volatility. A low volatility portfolio or a low standard deviation portfolio would have returns of ten percent, but it would be eight and then twelve, eight and then twelve, eight and then twelve. Okay. So you've got a much smaller range, range of, of, of price, range of value, right? You want to minimize those ups and downs. And there are ways to do it. Uh, and there are, there's all sorts of metrics, all sorts of ways we measure stacks, that we measure funds, and that we can see how volatile it has been. And so if you think of high volatility, think of some of these crazy tech stocks that are all over the place, okay? Um, and if you want to think of low volatility, that's when they talk about staples and, you know, and, and things like that that are traditionally more conservative, um, but we'll put together a mix. And what I, this is what I do for my clients that are, that are retired is I want to lower that volatility as much as I can while we can still get good returns because I don't want to see everything fall apart because we have a market crash. All right. Ask yourself what would happen to the stock market if, or maybe I should say when China starts to bomb Taiwan, yeah. what do you think is going to happen guys? It's going to get, it's going to crash. It's going to be right? ugly. It's what that's going it's to be. It is going to be ugly. And I, I certainly hope that never happens, but based on the rhetoric coming out of China, I I'm, and, and what I've been hearing about what they're doing in terms of war games and, and other things they're doing, I, I think they're getting ready to make a move in the next few years. Um, you know, but who knows? There's an old saying that, uh, uh, that Americans tend to think in seconds and minutes and that, uh, Europeans think in terms of uh, weeks and months uh, and Asians think in terms of 
uh, years and decades. Uh, so supposedly they're a lot more long-term planners than we are. Um, <laughs> so maybe when I look at it and I think they're going to do something the next year or two, maybe it'll be a decade. I don't know. Yeah. But those are the types of events that can, that can be pretty bad for the stock markets guys. Sure. So you don't want to be in you don't want to be in there with any money that you that you cannot afford to lose. Absolutely. And and uh, you talked about things that uh, that you don't see or things that can have an effect. So I just uh, I read a story um I'll just read you the headline. Will financial planners lose clients to AI? <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, the uh I'm sure some will. I'm sure some will, but uh, but I'll tell you what. I still have clients that don't even have a computer. Information so, provided. Okay, no worries. About, only I'm, not about, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about migrating to AI at all. Has been yeah, no. But, but, for the, but for the rest of us, yeah, it's a real threat. And, and I tell you what, honestly, there are risks I think everyone with every should be thinking about. Please read can your career be impacted by AI? Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Either Silverly Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of some, some that Security look like, you know, like if I had somebody starting off today, FINRA, maybe I'm going to be telling them to be an Please auto mechanic, maybe be an appliance repair guy, all right? Because I, I don't know if they can fix Volatility that. Volatility in the market you know, is you know, a fact. You know, Isn't so clear is what the ups and downs uh, of the market artificial can do to retirement portfolio. I don't For answers, this is, call this Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverly Financial. You doubted that from the beginning, Kevin. I know we've been tired of talking a long time. You were not big on that all along. Call now. No, no, it just seemed like a crazy casino. When I heard about Dogecoin, Dogecoin, right? Today's market volatility can really take a toll. And these crazy things that were created as a joke. And then people pick up on them and start bidding it up. Participate in the games without suffering losses if the market plunges again. That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you your no-cost analysis okay, includes guys, a portfolio X, right? Showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time and, can make you know, a huge difference in your retirement income. I'll tell you what, I just Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. sent a company-wide memo that says, uh, or a company-wide email that said, hey, you can't use AI. Do not use chat GPI to do their commercials or do their news or whatever. Yeah. He did, just, did you hear... Sorry. No, no, no. He was just—he just said, "Don't do it." Yeah, don't do it because it's still in the testing phase, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people have. I mean, there's all there's stories of all kinds of high school kids and you know trying to use it to write term papers, things oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, I know. You know, and and there was a lawyer. There was a lawyer that used it to make legal arguments. Apparently, um, <laughs> reprimanded by the judge. <laughs> and, Goodness and, gracious! And uh, so I don't know if you guys have played with it. Google has their own version called Bard. Bard. B A R D. I was on the wait list. You had to be waitlisted back, you know, months ago to get on it. They, then they invite you to come on it. And so I go on there and I've, I've asked it all sorts of things, you know, and, and, and it's not, it's not like, it, you know, like, let's say, okay, what's going to be the top performing stock this year? Right. It, it, it can't, what it's going to do, it cites the research. It says, well, a lot of people like this and a lot of analysts like this. And so, it, so it's not like it can, you know, uh, predict the future. Right. Yeah. Um, what it does is it calls it calls this database for information and it spits out uh, what it thinks is the most relevant. Um, it is kind of fun. I, I think it's kind of fun to play with it. Um, but as for AI taking over my profession, I, I think there will be some people that go with that, just like have got they've gone with the robot, you know, robotic advisors. Oh, yeah. Um, but those tend to be they do tend to be smaller in smaller investors, 
most people, when they get to the point of retirement, they want to have a hands-on relationship, a face-to-face -face relationship with somebody. And I personally don't think AI is going to be that person. Maybe someday it'll be a robot, but but I think for at least the next five or 10 years, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it personally. All right. Well, again, uh, I know we went a little bit longer here, but I was curious to get your take on, on the AI thing. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's something that's changing so quickly. You oh, know, it, in terms it, it's of, crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I tell you what, I was I was fortunate enough that I did buy Nvidia for some clients, and we took, good for we you. took you know we took profits the other day of, of something like one hundred and thirty percent in not even a year. Wow! So uh, doesn't happen all the time, but that's something your advisor might be able to help you with. Well, if yeah, not, give me a call. 800-975-6717. Kevin, as always, it's a pleasure to be here and, and and to have these conversations. I love to pick your brain. Oh, Steve, I, I, I appreciate it. And guys, I, ho I hope you find this information helpful. If you, you know, certainly give me a call or shoot me an email or a text anytime you'd like to talk, I'd be happy to have that conversation.